hi, how are you? Should introduce myself to you. J, JW said, Phil, go right up there. I said, yes, sir. So I'm glad to do that. I'm very pleased to be here with you today. Uh, my name is Phil Cook. I live in Cleveland, Tennessee. JW says, well, you know, has anybody been to Cleveland in the room? Anybody know? Oh, there, oh well, Chucker, there's a few of you here that know Cleveland, man. Oh, so good. But I'm not from Cleveland. I'm from my dad went to Mann High School in Mann, West Virginia. Anybody ever been to Mann, West Virginia? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot about JW. Yeah, okay. You're Woodward, Wood, Woodward Wilson High School? That's Beckley. So you know the name of the Mann High School. They're still there. The nickname of the team, they are the Mann Hillbillies. That's the name of the high school that my dad went to. Um, and so the kind of the origin of the Hatfield McCoys, that's my people's people. Uh, so I, I was born in West Virginia, but grew up in Pennsylvania. So I am one of those. Thank you, Pastor Signs. Appreciate it very much. I'm one of those Steeler fans, and I ain't bad to say it at all. Ooh, JW said there weren't many of you here. He, and you're right, okay. Go Bengals. Who day? We day. That's who we day. We day. The Steelers day. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm a little bit of a frustrated athlete, never was much of a good athlete. And that just reminds me, maybe it's a good place to start is talk to JW about, or talk about the first time I ever saw JW was on a softball field at what was called Lee College then. Now we're known as Lee University where I get to work. And, oh, somebody's raising the roof up there. Yeah, I don't know what that means. That means you went to Lee? Yeah, I'm raising the roof right back at you. There you go. Good. Um, so I am a Lee, uh, I work at Lee University now. Not that it matters, but I serve as vice president for enrollment, and my job is student recruitment. So no big deal, uh, Adrian. I'm all over Adrian all day. I'm just telling you, she, she's not going to have a choice but to go to Lee. The rest of you, I need, I'd love to meet all the high school students as well. By the way, she might have gone. I thought, I, I have this thing about when I'm in a church service and I see young people doing well, and where's Rachel? Where did Rachel go? She was right here. She... I hope that the rapture didn't take place because that'd be awkward. Uh, uh, oh, Christy's here, so I'm good. I know that. Uh, uh, just Rachel, she just sang really well. I wanted to affirm her and tell her that and, and all the worship. So, uh, but I, my job is recruitment, so it's what I do every day um, and get to talk about uh, what's going on, on our campus. But the first time I met JW is when we were students there, and I was an intramural sports official, so I would call balls and strikes. I, I, that's what I did. I enjoyed it. Um, not a lot of, there's Rachel. Hi, how are you? I was just talking about you. Did you hear it out there and came running in and said, oh, I think you did a great job. You have a wonderful voice. I just wanted to tell you that. I, you, strong tone was great. I feel like I'm on American Idol, the voice right here. I would have turned my chair around for you right then. I guarantee it. I ain't going to lie. I would have turned around. JW uh, was playing softball, and he looked a little different than he did, does now. Uh, the, the weight that JW lost, I've put on. That's kind of how it worked out pretty well. Do they know, Pre? Do they know? No, they, some of them. JW had a few pounds on him back in the day, and, and so Joker could, do you say ever Joker when you're speaking up here? No, maybe not. JW could kill a softball. Do you guys play now? Do you have a church softball? I don't know if he does it now, but I, first time I saw him, he hit a home run. And that mug, what I didn't like about it was he hit the home run and stood there and watched it for about five minutes. And then he started walking, you know, because if, so, or running rather, it really wasn't running what he was doing, but... Um, if I'd have been playing the team, the next time he'd up, even in slow pitch softball, I'd have hit him because I'm like, look, when you hit it, you better run around the bases, man. Don't stand there and look at it. But uh, that's the first time I met JW, and I have known Christy since we were small children. Uh, pastor, and I, I, I'm sorry to do this to you because I know some of this reference may not work for all of you, but in the old school church of God world, and I don't know how many of you come from that, not from that, that faith tradition or some people call it that tribe, we would call people brother and sister, 
it's a term of endearment. Now, when I was in high school in Pennsylvania, Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, it's about an hour south of Pittsburgh. That's where I went to high school. When I would say, my people would be, my high school friends would be around my church field and they'd say, well, hey, brother, someone would say, hey, brother and sister Cook, they looked weird. They thought we were some kind of weird, um, I can't even say this word, I don't know, cult-like thing, like, oh, brother and sister, what, are they, is that your, no, they're my parents, but we call, okay, it's hard. But it's a term of endearment. It's a way that when I say pastor to somebody, to me, if I weren't working at Lee University, have I mentioned that, Adrian, that I work at Lee yet? Have I mentioned that? Okay, great. If I weren't working, Raise the roof. What happened there, girl? Well, you know, okay, thank you. If I weren't working at Lee, I'd be a pastor if somebody would have me. There's no better term of endearment to me, in my opinion, to call someone pastor. So brother and sister signs, that's what I know them as. And so I grew up as, we went to youth camp together, and so Christy was younger than me. And I was trying to think how to say this to you all, not make this seem weird. I'm going to do my best to try to do it because I'm going to embrace the awkward. That'd be a good hashtag right there, right? Hashtag embrace the awkward. That's what I'm going to do right now. Even as a young boy, I thought that's the kind of person I want to marry, that is a daughter. And so the Signs family, in my opinion, were a wonderful model and a representative of how to parent children and in particular, parent daughters. I have two daughters now, and I'm pretty sure they could stack up pretty well with the signs girls. I'm, I, th I think so. I hope so. But as a young boy, I even learned and emulated that uh, when I was younger. Uh, and I have a very clear memory in my mind of, in those days, we went to youth camp every summer. And so there was a thing called the youth board, and all the younger pastors would do that, and they'd take care of Well, my dad was on the youth board, uh, but Brother Signs was, Pastor Signs. And, and I think you all know him as Dayton, but I don't even know who Dayton Signs is. I know who Guy Signs is, and you guys might even know who that is. But anyway, so Brother Signs, Pastor Signs was I, in, in my mind, I can still see chasing down fly balls in left field with his left-handed glove. He ran down everything. The, counts, the, the students would play the counselors, and we couldn't get a hit because Pastor Signs caught everything. He was that fast. So, uh, and he still looks like he could run like that a little bit today. I certainly can't. But I'm, I'm happy to be here, but especially on Pastor Appreciation Day. I, haven't known, I think I have known JW as long as maybe anybody in the room. I clearly have known Christy. You couldn't have better people to be your pastors. I don't know about... JW's ability in front of you to speak. I don't know. I've watched a couple of things. I don't know what you think. I don't know what you think about what, but I can tell you in terms of purity of heart and the kind of people that I would want to be around if I lived in Ashland, Kentucky, it would be JW and Christy Dunbar. Oh, I almost said signs. Oh my gosh. Sorry about that, Joker. I'm sorry. I just took your name away from you. So I am just happy to be here and want to talk to you a couple minutes about something the Lord's placed on my heart. My wife is here, so I told somebody the other day that I married a homecoming queen. People didn't believe me. They looked at me like, no way, you married. First of all, I'm surprised if you're married. Okay, that's fair. Second, you married a homecoming queen? Yeah, I did. And this is my wife. I'm not going to make you stand because that's way old school, JW. But this is my wife in the front row hanging out by JW. And um, she is from Hape, H-A-P-E-ville, Georgia. Anybody from the south in here at all? Anybody claim the south? Oh, yeah, you raised your hand. Good. It's like an altar call. Nobody wants to raise their hand. That was great. So wh where are you from, man, may I ask? Oh, yeah, so you're, so, oh, Tennessee? Let's sing, the, let's sing Rocky Top for everybody. You want to do that with me? <laughs> here's my version. I may not even know this song, but here's how the song goes. Uh, 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 give me just a second. Rocky Top, uh, wish that I were on old Rocky Top. That's a down in the Tennessee hills. Then they start singing about moonshine, so I stop singing right there. I don't know. I don't know. But the, voice, the, vo the verse, the chorus goes, Rocky Top, you will always be sweet home to me. Here's how I sing it. 
Rocky Top, Rocky Top, you will always be last in the SEC. Oh, now you clap. Sure, yeah, yeah. By the way, I don't want to make this weird, but JW was rooting for, uh, for Penn State last night, and he was rooting for Pitt. I saw it live in front of everybody. That ain't true at all. Y'all know that ain't true. Uh, so, uh, But my wife is from Hapeville, Georgia. That's the, it's the birthplace of Chick-fil-A, the first ever Chick-fil-A. The, that's the, the original dwarf house is in Hapeville, Georgia. Yeah, oh, Chick-fil-A. It ain't open today. Too bad, so you're going to be hungry. I guarantee you. Uh, so Chick-fil-A, the first, her mom lives like four blocks from the first Chick-fil-A. So Tanya, when I went down there to, to Leah 30 years ago from Pennsylvania, and I met her, she said my name like I had never heard it say before, said before. So my name is Phil, and all my you're, you're Yankee kind of friends, you would say, would you mind saying loud for me, please? One, two, three, Phil. All right. So I'm sorry to put you on the spot, ma'am. Tennessee, Georgia friend, what's your name? Hi, Sherry. How are you? How long have you been living here? Oh, I hope you can go back. Go back, call up most pure Tennessee, Georgia accent and help me with this. Will you do it, please? My name is Phil. Would you say my name how they say it back home, please? One, two, three. She can't do it. Okay, Tanya, you do it. Watch this. Listen. There you go. Thank you. That's it. We have a winner. Hold your cards. We have a winner. She said, Phil. So I, she said my name and I was ready to be married right on the spot. You know, I was like, okay, yes, I'll marry you. Um, now we've been married 25 years, uh, and she says my name a little differently now. Phil, what are you doing? Stop it. That's how. Where's your Ritalin? That's what she usually says whenever. Just kidding. But she's from Georgia, and I'm glad she's here with me. We have three children. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school. Uh, senior, excuse me, a senior at Lee University. I have a daughter who's a sophomore at Lee and a son who's a senior in high school. My oldest daughter, Meredith, a couple years ago, we were going to get our hair cut um, back when I had hair. But anyway, uh, we were going to get our hair cut at uh, Great Clips. Y'all have Great Clips up here? Uh, sports clips. They don't have great clips. Where do you go to get your haircut? Great, thank you. Paluchis. Paluchis. Sounds like a good Italian restaurant. How you doing? Forget about it. Well, Rocco's. That's where we. That was good. That was good. Anyway, uh, went to Great Clips because when I, I can't make an appointment to get my, I can't do that. I got to go and get my haircut right away. So we go to Great Clips. My daughter, again, she's 21 now, and she's she's five at the time. We go to Great Clips. We walk in there, and there's a student who's in there. His name is Josh. I said, hey, Josh, how you doing? He said, hey, Phil, what's going on? She goes, hey, I said, this is my daughter, Meredith. And Meredith's five years old, and she just did this, just put her head down, just like that. I said, Meredith, you know, even, even when they're younger, we have a thing where we, when you meet someone, what's your name, man? What's up, Luke? My name's Phil. Nice to meet you. See, like, it, oh, your hands are warm. Will you hold my hand the whole time? Dude, you're warm. <laughs> my hands are like ice over here. It's great. So when I meet Luke, I, I take his hand. I look him in the eye. Score my, even as a little kid, I told him, this is, how you, this is how you meet somebody. It's what you do. I said, Meredith, this is Josh. And she just had her head down, just like that. Oh, I'm embarrassed. You know, when you go to the middle name students, you're in trouble. I'm like, Meredith Lee, will you look at Josh? And she wouldn't do it. So I said, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Went outside. We get out to the car, and I said, Meredith, what's wrong with you? You know, when you meet someone, you look them in the eye, square, shake their hands. And say, Why did you have your head down the whole time? She said, Daddy, he was too cute to even look at. <laughs> she was five. And I think I'm about to get the phone call from her boyfriend of almost seven years that he's going to ask me if he can marry my daughter. The answer is no. <laughs> and if you're watching Michael, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm teasing about that. He's a great kid. My middle daughter, Megan, when she was younger, also had something happen I want to share with you. And then we're going to open our Bibles for a few minutes. Megan was a little girl. My dad's an old school disciplinarian. And when my dad was speaking like this, if we were talking in the back, he would call me out in front of God and everybody. 
he had a snap that would reverberate and would echo, just kind of go on and on and on. So we had a, a healthy fear, sometimes an unhealthy fear of our father. So there are four boys in my family. I'm the second of four. And so when we grew up, he, he was that way. He, he believed clearly, spare the rod, spoil the child. There's no doubt about it. Um, and so again, being from Southern West Virginia, where you picked your own switch. Anybody know that phrase? Okay, a couple of you. Well, my mom and dad didn't, thankfully didn't use the switch, but they did use the paddle. So, um, so, that, so I, I, I'm not that hardcore old school, but I am a disciplinarian that I want my kids. My daughter, Megan, something we were arguing about. I said, Megan, come here. She didn't come to me. She pops on the floor. She's a small girl. She's, we're wrestling and fighting, and she's just wanting. I don't remember what it was. She ran out of the room, went to the bathroom, locked herself in the, I didn't like that. I, I don't play that either, so we go get her. We bring her back down, back into the living room, and we're having this little exchange like I'm the rock and she's stone cold, or, or we're fighting or whatever, or John Cena or whatever. I mean, she, we're kinda, so finally, she just won't stand up. I just want her to stand up. I don't even know what she's in trouble for now, but she wouldn't listen to me. She plopped into the floor threw her hands up in the air and looked at the ceiling and said, Jesus, I need you. And in this story, I'm the devil. I'm the bad guy. I'm the enemy. I'm the one that she's trying to run from. There are some times in our lives when the only thing we know to do is hit our knees throw our hands up in the air, look toward heaven, and call upon the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, I need you. There have been times in my life, started for me mostly when I was 15 years old, and my father was a pastor in Pennsylvania, as I mentioned, and I'm 15 years old, and he comes home and says, I'm no longer going to be a minister. I'm not going to be a pastor anymore. Well, that's all we know, Dad. You can't do anything else. What else are you going? You have no skills. Not that a pastor have any skills. You know what I'm saying? You, you have no trade. You, well, the reason, Phil, Brian, Tim, Mike, is because I've had multiple inappropriate sexual relationships with other women that are not your mom. 15 years old. I can remember the night it happened, and from that point till now, it is, the, it is the story, it is the wound of my life that carries me forward to what I'm doing every day. Why do I work at Lee University around teenagers? Because teenagers still come with burdens and hurts that need to know that there is one way, to, one, way one thing that can answer your questions, one thing that can get you through this life, and that is an intimate, real relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything else will fail you, everything else will fall, but the name of the Lord, as we've sung this morning already, will in fact carry you. There is no life lived outside of that. I don't know what you come in here with today. I don't know any of you. I'm not sure of your story, but I know that that's the same whether you live in Cleveland, Tennessee, Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, or Ashland, Kentucky, that we need to call upon the name of the Lord. What keeps me from doing that? Pastor Sines said this when he was, in, when he was introducing, um, when he was introducing uh, J.W., taking the offering. He said, when J.W. became the pastor, don't know if there was a fear about being able to do this. I know what J.W. spoke about. What do they call you, Pastor J.W., J.W.? I keep saying J.W., I don't want to be disrespectful, so should I call you Brother and Sister Dunbar? Y'all got to start calling him Brother and Sister Dunbar. Wouldn't that be great? That'd freak people out, so they're not laughing at that. That was supposed to be funny, and I didn't do, don't make that joke anymore. It's October. It's Halloween month. Halloween is all about fear, isn't it? That's what the thing is. Like you go to haunted houses or be scared. Uh, 
I, I can't watch scary movies. If you, you watch scary, you watch scary movies, and when I do it, I jump. My family makes fun of me. But you know the answer. You know the solution to watching scary movies and not being scared. Don't do it. That's a good answer. Yeah, I hear you. See, I got bionic hearing. Press mute. Mute the sound and see what happens next time you're watching a scary movie. It ain't, it ain't so bad, you know? But Halloween's all about fear. When I was growing up, you know, we didn't do a lot of Halloween stuff, but man, my kids did. One year we did a deal or no deal. Y'all remember deal or no deal, the TV show? Uh, the game show, Howie Mandel, bald guy, you know, he doesn't shake hands, he pounds it out. Our son was Howie Mandel. We drew a little Fu Manchu on him. By the way, I forgot to mention at the beginning, I'm sorry. Y'all got lots of people with a lot of cool beards and cool hair in the church. I, I just want you to know. I'm next time if I'm invited to ever come back I'm gonna have a full beard I don't know if I'll be able to be bald then but anyway uh, so we drew the little Fu Manchu on them our daughters dressed up as the dealer no deal girls remember they had the cases on it they had the numbers on it one had a million in it one had a cent in it so man we were the talk of the little area we were going around it was great but Halloween is all about fear last week my daughter Megan posted this on Instagram she's a sophomore in college and here's what she wrote the past couple of weeks have been some, by the way, the same one who said, Jesus, I need you when she was four is now 19 years old, writing this on Instagram. The past couple of weeks have been some of the craziest ever for me. I realized I've let this extreme fear of the unknown overtake every aspect of my life. I was feeling defeated, unworthy, unloved, and weak. Everything that was going wrong could go wrong. I've let this sense of fear overtake me. I mentioned Pittsburgh this morning from there. I think there are people in Pittsburgh today who are a little fearful of what they're, what's going on around them. We live in a world full of fear. I got three things to tell you about fear today. I Googled, which is what you do when you're cool. You gotta, I Googled something. The most, you know the most common phobias or fears? Claustrophobia. Being fear of close spaces, I, I ain't mad about that. That's okay. Aerophobia? Anybody afraid of flying? I, I'm with you, sir. I, we, a couple years ago, we went on a flight, and have you ever been in a wind shear where it just drops on you? That's happened once in my life. It, I, it, we, we must have been dropping like 15 seconds. It might have been like half a second, but it, you know, it feels like it's forever. What was when people were doing the screaming and yelling, and they're like, okay, and my older brother Brian was with me, and he's not as kind or as nice as me. He was looking at me and laughing at me. Uh, <laughs> and green face, I was all, Tanya was with me. That same week, we flew on, I went on a flight from Chattanooga, Tennessee, to Chicago. It's an hour and a half, down 45-minute flight. The entire flight was turbulence, nonstop. And then the pilot came on and said, uh, we're not gonna have any service to flight attendants because it's so bad. So I, I have developed unfortunately, I don't love to fly. Now, I do it every now and then, but fear of spiders, fear of driving a car, fear of becoming ill, those are the big things that might be out there, but what about these fears? What about the fear of failure? What about the fear of the future? What about the fear of the unknown, fear of rejection? What, is, what if you have a fear today because there's an illness or a diagnosis that's been given to someone that you love or that you know that you know that they're going to recover from? Everybody's on social media. It's the capital of the day. So today on Facebook, there's a group we're a part of. My administrative assistant who works with me, she's a, her husband's a youth pastor in a local church, and they're posting this morning about a woman who is going to die in the next day or so from cancer. And they posted a picture of their family, and their eyes, it seems to me, are fraught with fear. What about financial pressures or just fear of people? Here are three facts about fear. One, first of all, Fear does not come from the Lord. 
Fear does not come from God. There's a scripture that maybe you know, maybe you don't know, that we, if you, you, you get it quoted all the time, which is so evident, which I actually think I got a We may have it on the screen for me that I'd ask him is 2 Timothy 1.7. Here's what the King James Version says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The NIV says it this way, for the spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I can tell you, no matter what you're facing today, no matter what you're facing individually now as a family, the fear or anxiety that you are feeling does not come from God. God's given you a spirit of power and of love and a disciplined mind that you can overcome whatever it is you might be facing today. Last week, Pastor J.W. talked about unmasking failures, right? No, what hurts, excuse me, hurts, yes, of not wearing masks. Last week at our church, I attended church in Cleveland. That's, it's a little, oh, we're live streaming, aren't we? Hello, everyone, how are you today? Nice to see you on the road. Well, that's okay, they know this. It's, it's, not, it's not as, it's more formal than this. That's not bad. We're in, we're, in, we're in the Jerusalem of our denomination. It's a little more formal. Last Sunday, we didn't have the preaching because there was a song by the student choir and they got and, and people just started getting up and testifying about how God had made a way in their life. How about whatever they were facing that God has brought them through and person after person got up there and told stories that were difficult to share but it, it brought people together and said, okay, if they're facing that, then I can face whatever it is I'm going through, whatever I'm dealing with. So wherever, whatever you're facing today, whatever's going into your life individually or as a family, your relationship with your, your, your spouse, your relationship with your children, uh, my, my, my wife, got, we, she has a, a brother, my brother-in-law is a drug addict. Her mom every day struggles and wrestles with the fact of the fear that one day she's going to get the call that he's not going to be with us anymore. It's a very real fear that she faces every day. But the, the origin of that fear, any fear that you have, any anxiety that you have in your life, it does not come from God. Because God has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Point number two about fear. Fear cannot survive. It cannot exist in the love of Christ, in the love of Jesus. First John 4, the whole chapter talks about love. Love one another. Love is of God. God loves us. He sent his son to die for us. If we love one another, God's love is in us. We love him because he loved us. The whole thing is about God's love. But First John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love because perfect love drives out every fear. When we graduate from Lee College or Lee University, we get a Bible from our president. Yeah, raising the roof. That a girl. You're with me. Yay. Uh, so we get a Bible. And in the flyleaf, our president writes this scripture on it. It's Ephesians 3. And this is what it says. And every, 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 everyone who graduates says this. My Bible that I have says, and I pray that you being rooted in, and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God for you. And then it surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. When, if you are facing fear in your life, I want to remind you and tell you that you cannot escape God's love. Nothing you have done or nothing you will do will ever separate you from the love of Christ. And fear cannot exist with the love of Christ. So, Fear doesn't come from God. Fear cannot exist or cannot survive when you are fully surrounding yourself with the love of God. Now, okay, that's great, Phil, but still, I'm afraid. 
a couple years ago. Um, Lee University has gone from about 1,000 students in 1986 to 5,386 students this past fall. Extraordinary growth. We've gone from 25 acres on campus to 125 acres. We have a new building almost every year. By the way, I forgot. To, oh, shoot. Oh, well, not time to do that now. Um, I've got a gift for Christy that I forgot to give her. Not one for JW, but I've got one for Christy that I'll give later. Okay, I've got one for JW too, but oh well. We've grown so much. You know what my job is? My job success, my future professional role is defined by this. What's the number on the piece of paper? Anybody in sales in the room? Anybody in a business where it's all about results? You know, uh, JW mentioned last week about coaches. Coaches are going to be fired, inevitably. Why? Because it's all about wins and losses. Except Bill Belichick. That joke could just coach forever probably, right? But it's all about wins or losses because you hold up and you say, okay, here's how successful you are. So for me, the success that I do professionally, which I've been 25 years of my life, is based upon, okay, what's the number? How are we doing? So a couple years ago, we, we, didn't, we didn't go down a lot, but we didn't have a new freshman record class. And I was afraid I was scared that I would be embarrassed and shamed, that I wouldn't have a job. I mean, in my mind, he's unreal. I'm going to lose my job. My kids aren't going to eat. I'm gonna, what's going to happen? What will happen with me? So what I did was I started remembering. Y'all, anybody know Louis L'Amour? I'm the only one who knows Louis L'Amour. Are there any dads? Pastor Sean? I'm Louis, okay, Louis L'Amour wrote Western books, and he wrote this book about the family called the Sackets. And the Sackets were this family from Tennessee, and when you, one of the phrases, when you step on their toes, all of them come running to help you. But there's one book called The Lonesome Gods. It was made a movie in the, in the late 80s, and so this guy's name's Johannes Verne here. His family's making their way from the East Coast out to the West. They're stopped by people, and they're, they're killed, and the little boy survives. And the line of the, of the book that I've held on to for my whole life is, my name is Johannes Verne, and I am not afraid. He just keeps saying to himself over and over again, because why? Because he is afraid. So what do we do when you face fear in your life? You're going to be like Johannes Verne and try to convince yourself, or here's what I did a couple years ago. In Pennsylvania, when we were growing up, there was a drug and alcohol ministry called Penile. Penile is a place that helps people who are struggling with alcohol addiction and drug addiction to change their lives. Well, Penile has its roots in Scripture. It's from Genesis. It's the story where Jacob is wrestling with the Lord. And this story, if you don't know it, is there's a man who basically says, I'm not stopping this, Lord, until you bless me. He's wrestling with God. Lord, a man, an angel. He's like, I'm not, do, I'm not leaving until you, till you, till you, till you bless me. I'm like, man, Jacob, you're a good guy. That joker loves Jesus so much, he just wants a blessing. He really just more of God. He's on fire for God, man. He's, he's all fired up. That ain't the reason he did it. The reason he did it was because he deceived his brother Esau to get the birthright, and he was reuniting with his brother, and his brother had 400 men coming to meet him, and the reason Jacob wrestled, why am I yelling? I'm so sorry. The reason Jacob, the reason Jacob wrestled with Esau, he was afraid. He was scared. He didn't know where to turn. So the scripture says in Genesis that he was distressed and that he was in great fear. And this is where he came face to face with God. So a couple years ago, I'm struggling. I say, okay, God, I don't know what to do. I don't have the magic potion to have things go better for me. So you know what I did? I just said, I'm going to return and seek God's face more than anything else in my life. And that's what I did. 
So this is my Bible. And I, I, I haven't done this in my whole life, but I start marking it up now, JW. I, 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 almost every day, I do my best to open God's word, Luke, and I say, okay, God, speak to me. I'm afraid. I'm not sure what's going to happen in my life next. Well, Lord, speak to me. And I seek God's face. So, as an individual today, are you fearful of something? Is there anxiety in your life that's keeping you from moving forward with the Lord, even holding your family paralyzed? The fear does not come from God. God's not giving you the spirit of fear. Fear cannot exist. It cannot exist in God's love. And what to do when I'm afraid? I seek God's face. My daughter Megan wrote this in her Instagram post that I mentioned earlier. She ended the post by saying this. No matter what you're facing, the Lord knows just what you need. In the midst of this fear, I have felt an overwhelming peace that only comes from the Lord. Today I'm thankful for his promises, even when I do not understand. And she closed with Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Uh, 25 years ago on our campus at Lee, we had a fire in a dorm in the middle of the night. No one died. Everyone was, was saved. About a year later, we built a new dorm, and we, we, we dedicated that building and sang this song that is a rallying cry that we'll sing this weekend. And the song is an old Brooklyn Ted's a Choir song, but it says... I'm not afraid of the darkness. Whom shall I fear if God is for us? What shall we say to these things? I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. This morning I was getting ready and I was a little fearful that what I was going to say would be helpful to you. And I got up and turned to Facebook like many of us do and a friend of ours, their mutual friend shared the song they would be singing today and it's a new song by a group called Mosaic anybody know Mosaic? wonderful worship band and the song called Tremble and the song is Jesus, Jesus your name is great darkness trembles fear is lost Jesus, Jesus I don't know what you're facing today but the fear you are facing today or fear that you will face in the future, it's not from the Lord. You cannot escape God's love. It is high and wide and long and deep for you, no matter your sin, no matter your weakness. And when you are fearful, run to seek God's face and have your own place of penile. May I offer that to you individually as a prayer, but also may I offer it to you today as a church. May I offer this to you to gateway. I went over and looked at the building yesterday with J.W. and Christy. Awesome. It's beautiful. The space, I was, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really transparent kind of guy, and I, I was thinking, what a great opportunity for my friends, whom I love. And then right away I thought, oh, my gosh, this is daunting. <laughs> I straight away thought, can we do all this? Can we meet this need? Because it's a big, beautiful space. But so, in, so as a corporate word to you today, Gateway, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid for this next stage of, stage of your church that you're developing. Don't be afraid. Because any fear that comes to you, it's not coming from the Lord. Because there are people in this community who need to hear what you're doing here. They need to know and meet J.W. and Chris. And they need to know the children's ministry that Steve's got. They're going to need to know the music ministry that Rebecca's leading. All of that together as a corporate, as a church, don't be afraid. Show the love of Christ to everyone that you encounter because people will come. They will come because if they can find a place where they are loved and valued in, 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 the, in the, the power of the Holy Spirit, that you're, then it will be successful. And make that church a place where people seek God's face and his presence permeates what you're doing and watch what the Lord will do. I'm not afraid of the darkness whom shall I fear if God is for us? What shall you say to these things? I'm not afraid anymore. Will you bow your heads with me as I pray, please? Lord, I'm so thankful today for your blessings. I'm thankful for the good that you've done in our lives and here today. Lord, I have no idea if what I've said or if what people have heard resonates in any way. But I know your Holy Spirit can take a word and seal it in our hearts and do more than we could ever, ever think or ask. And that's my prayer this morning. So, real quickly, I'm not going to ask anybody to come down, but I'm going to offer a prayer. Does anybody say, Phil, we, our family's going through some things that are making us fearful. Will you look at me, please? At least give me a head nod and let me see you this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Great. Anybody else? Thank you. I'm going to pray right now for the peace right now. Lord Jesus, for every hand that's lifted, every family that's facing, struggling because of fear in their lives, your love is perfect. Your presence can permeate everything that we do, and the peace of God will pass every bit of understanding. So whatever the fear is today, fear of failure, fear of sickness, fear of financial pressure. None of that surprises you and your right hand will uphold us. Today we ask in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit that every situation would be covered and taken care of because it's not too big for you. And now together we all pray for the church. Lord, I ask that you would continue to lead the church into this next phase that the, the miracles would happen. The money and finances and laborers and send the people that need to hear the message of the gospel that is here because we're not afraid of that future because you are with us. We pray in Jesus' name.